lock and load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Good morning and welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. I'm Jerry Henry and today my guest here in the studio with me is a gentleman that I have been on his program numerous times and today we're kind of switching places. I'm going to be in charge of this program. I may have to fight him to stay in charge of it <laughs> because he does have a big mic. He is a longtime GeorgiaCarry.org member. He is the syndicated radio host for Armed American Radio and Daily Defense, Armed American, Armed American Radio's Radio's Daily Defense, Daily Defense, each day from 4 to 5, I believe. 4 to 5 Eastern, 1 to 2 Pacific, and okay. Sundays from 8 to 11 p.m. Okay. Mark Walters. Uh, happy to have you here, Mark. Well, How's thanks, everything Jerry. going? Going great, brother. Hey, it's, it's it's fun to be on this side of the of the equation with you. I'm, <laughs> I'm, used, I'm used to being the one asking the questions. That's correct. And uh, I'm the one that has to answer. Now I've got to come up with a question. It's a whole lot easier to answer the question than it is to remember to ask the question. And the fact that we're in the same room together rather than yes. doing this on phone makes it easy, too. Yes, it so does. Looking forward too. to it. Thanks for having me on the program today. One of the things that I – well, one of the first things I want to say is that yesterday at, at the um, – General Assembly, there were three gun bills uh, that are all sponsored by GeorgiaCarry.org, HB 280, Campus Carry, HB 292, the uh, omnibus bill, and HB 406 to uh, fix the reciprocity problems with uh, Virginia and possibly other states, pass the uh, General Assembly, and now go to, or pass the uh, House, and uh, now go to the Senate for uh, their purview and try to see what we can do with them to get them to pass it uh hopefully when they get through with it it'll be on to the governor for his signature which is all positive steps we'll take whatever we can get whenever we can get it right and believe it 406 you know it's funny because i had phil van cleef from the virginia citizens defense league on armed american radio's daily defense just a couple days ago Mm -hmm. and we were talking about the importance of 406 and what it means not just for virginia residents here in the state of georgia but nationwide because what happens here matters to other states. And, of course, we kind of segued that into a conversation with national reciprocity. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we have to legislatively act now on 406, when you consider national reciprocity and where we should be, is actually kind of silly, isn't it? Oh, it that is. we have to go through these it processes is. just to get one state to recognize another state where national reciprocity would put a stop to all of this. So I'm looking forward to seeing the way this whole dynamic plays out. I, yeah, I am too. I, I don't think that bill is going to have a whole lot of trouble. Now, it, it passed the uh, House Public Safety and Homeland Security Committee by a uh, unanimous vote. Right. Uh, normally you don't get the, a unanimous vote on gun bills in there, but that one and uh, HB 292 also got a uh, uh, unanimous vote uh, to be voted out of there onto the floor. Or Four, onto the 406 is, is kind of confusing for a lot of folks. You know, when you and I talked about it off-air a number of times, as we often do about a lot of different subjects, I had to stop you a couple times and say, wait a minute, so we're, we're legislating here for Virginia residents? What's wrong with our attorney general? Why are we having to go through this process to do this? And it was because of the 18 to 21. Correct. And here, you know, and it's, you complicate this whole matter with Virginia. This whole thing is so crazy because Virginia has the sleaziest governor in the country in Terry McAuliffe. 
Yes, He's I the agree. worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that we have to go through this process because now Virginia recognizes everyone. And as you know, I traveled up to, and I like to put a personal perspective on these things, I traveled up to Virginia in July of last year and was unable to carry because I got caught in the, in the, in the smackdown up there after the election right. with the reciprocal agreements, and we didn't have a, a reciprocity. Uh, Virginia is an open carry, a gold open carry state, and every, every department up there is very well aware of open carry. So I eliminated the whole hassle by just openly carrying my firearm right. everywhere I went in the state of Virginia and had no problems doing that. But to think, if you listen, the listener, if you're listening to this conversation with Jerry and I, you're scratching your head going, what is all this about? What, what are we talking about? And we're actually literally talking about my right to carry a firearm in the state of Virginia and their right to reciprocate here in Georgia. That's correct. Now they have reciprocity. Terry McAuliffe, the sleaziest governor, most anti-gun governor outside of, I don't know, I couldn't pick a maybe Hickenlooper or a couple up in, uh, in New England. But let's face it, McAuliffe's as dirty as they get. Yes. And he's granted and signed a bill for reciprocity, granting reciprocity with all 50 states. Right. And we can't, they can't participate here in Georgia. The yeah. whole thing's a mess. Yeah, we, can, we, can, uh, we do have reciprocity in that we can carry up there on our license. They just can't carry on their license down here. And we have, Georgia Carey has filed a lawsuit against the attorney general because we don't think that he has interpreted the uh, code section properly. It says any state that gives effect to a license issued by Georgia, and he's interpreting as all license. And since uh, Virginia has a law that says that if you're 21 years of age, or unless unless you have reached 21 years of age, anyone under 21, it's against the law for you to carry a handgun. And we have a few people here in the state that are, military uh, in hb 60 in 2014 we passed a a, a part of that bill allowed people who were 18 to 21 years old or 18 to 20 years old who had been in the military who had their training who were either in the military or had been honorably discharged and those would be people who possibly had been wounded or something in service before they reached 21 years old, they were allowed to go down and apply for a Georgia weapons license and get it. And now Virginia will not recognize any of us because, I mean, Georgia will not recognize any of them because they won't recognize the few 18 to 20-year-old people that we have with Georgia weapons license down here. And you know, it's, it's interesting. That's kind of the confusing part here because you think and wonder why our attorney general has a problem with that when clearly Virginians have to abide by our laws while here. So if an 18-year-old up there has a permit, he is not old enough or she is not old enough to carry in the state of Georgia, I, I, that's national reciprocity is going to fix all that's of correct. this. And, and that's why I think this is important. And you know, as I sit and listen to you, and I understand, it still becomes confusing. I still have to sit and think, what are we doing here? We're well, legislating on behalf of, of the rights of someone else, and all we're talking about here, and these are the same people who can defend our country, who can't carry here in the state, and our attorney general is interpreting things in such a whacked-out way. The whole thing is uh, hopefully we get a reciprocity bill passed. We've got Cornyn in the Senate has passed one nationally or, or, or has filed one. Oh, right. We have uh, North Carolina with Hudson bill. Right. So, you know, hopefully these things, get, these things get passed, these things go to reconciliation, and we get a bill on Trump's desk, and it's a done deal. And well, I, I anticipate that happening. Well, so. it, it sounds like, as you said, a simple uh, simple issue, but it's not so simple because if if – that is allowed to stand. If the attorney general's decision were allowed to stand, then we could lose reciprocity in up to 12 states. Right. States that we don't want to lose, I can assure you of that. I won't name them because I don't want them looking into their reciprocity agreement with us. Right. But there are 12 states that we could lose 
just because of this reciprocity. And as you say, national reciprocity would help, plus the fact that uh, the NRA is coming here in April of this year, and we need to have something done to help those people as well, right. or anyone from there to come down here and carry. I mean, where's the where's the NRA offices based out of? Virginia. Oh, so you just, mean to tell me that? Okay, so, yeah, and see, that's the whole point that that, that we go here. The, the whole thing is ludicrous, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. You know, the Second Amendment is my carry permit. Right. But you and I understand, and and those of us with clear level heads understand that we have to regain our rights. Unfortunately, piece by piece by piece, we can't come out here as an absolutist and say, we want all of this now. Right now it's yeah. not going to happen yeah. under the current under the current setup and the political makeup, not just of this state, but other states as well. Obviously, national reciprocity will address a lot of this, but it's not going to pass in time no. for the April convention for the no. National Rifle no. Association. And here you've got the NRA's headquarters based in Virginia. So we, we want to get this fixed. Yeah, and, we want to help them, and we want to help the people of Virginia. Yeah. And the bill, if uh, passed, will become uh, effective on the governor's signature. So which you, we won't have to wait till J- July the 1st, which we normally do. And I saw that in, in the last Georgia Carry update that came out. That Was that a new addition that, that we changed? Because normally those are effective in July. Well, you can write the law to, to any way you want it to be. You can make it effective any time you want to. Did you we have to effective. rewrite it to effect then? No, that was the way the bill, bill was, was written. written. Originally. Okay, that, great. That was what we. Well, no, we did re, we did change that because it originally did not have it in there. I saw it didn't, and, and suggested to the uh, author of the bill that he change that to make it effective. Then, otherwise, it wasn't would not do right. any good for the uh, NRA convention. We're hopeful. Yes, and I, I think it will pass. I think we, they had too much support for it in the in the committee subcommittee. That kind of tells me an awful lot, but. Um, one of the things that you said a while ago, I, I laugh about a lot. People say the Second Amendment is my carry permit. Right. And it is. I agree with that. But, boy, that's an expensive defense when you get caught without one oh, carrying in the wrong place. It absolutely is. Yeah. You know, and constitutional carry is a big deal right now. Um, maybe when we come back from the break, we can address that briefly because I think it's important people understand that. I've spent a lot of time talking about that and understanding how we get to constitutional carry because there's a lot of press about that right now. Oh, yeah. And as a result of that, you've got, you've got, you know, New Hampshire just passed it. Mm-hmm. Sununu just signed it into law. North or South Dakota is working mm-hmm. on it now. My prediction has been that you're going to see a third to a half the nation over the course of the eight Trump years. I'm being optimistic because yeah. I think we're going to see eight years. I think you'll probably see half the nation move towards constitutional carry in the very, very near future. The left is scared to death of it. Oh, yeah. Bloomberg's minions are out writing about it. But I think I think we should go there when we come back yeah. because it a lot of people have questions about it and want to know, well, how come we don't have constitutional yeah. carry here in Georgia? Well, yeah, Bloomberg uh, uh, saw an article yesterday that says that it's militarizing the masses. <laughs> the <laughs> it doesn't surprise States. me. That's what he would say. <laughs> we're, uh, we're coming up to a break right here. I want to warn you, uh, I want to remind you that uh, you can go to our website, georgiacarry.org, and join. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at, at georgiacarry. I'm at uh, gotyourback64 on Twitter. And uh, keep up with what's going on with uh, Georgia Carry on the short term. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back. I am uh, sitting here in the studio once again with uh, Mark Walters, a longtime GCO member and syndicated host of Armed American Radio and Armed American Daily 
Defense. Armed American Radio Daily Defense, right. And uh, the Daily Defense has been going on now for what? Uh, two years. Two years. That two long. years. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, just uh, added a couple more affiliates to it. You know, daytime radio is a whole different animal than oh, the yeah. weekend radio yeah. show. The weekend radio program has just added uh, WTKK, Raleigh, North Carolina, big iHeart station, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. We go live in Knoxville, Tennessee this weekend, Good. close to 200 radio stations. Good. We've got more coming on uh, Kalamazoo. We just uh, added another in Delta, Utah. So the radio program continues to grow. Proud to say after eight years, never lost an affiliate because of content, which shocks my mm-hmm. wife that I haven't said something <laughs> that's upset somebody somewhere that's pulled me off. Uh, the daytime show, though, a different animal from 4 <clears> to 5 p.m. Of course, we're up against Hannity and all that. Right. Uh, we're under no, uh, no illusions there that we're up against it. Hannity's been a guest on my program before. But uh, we just added another couple affiliates to the daytime show now, so we're getting up to close to 30. Good. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's a lot of fun. This topic is not going anywhere, no, it's, Jerry. It's, it's not, not going, going away. Anywhere. It's not going and that, away. You know, it's important that people need to understand the enemies of our freedom didn't go away because Trump won, and That's we correct. can't sit on our laurels, and I, I want to make that very clear. Yeah, that, you're exactly right. Um, <clears throat> one of the things you want to talk about real quick was constitutional carry. Right. Uh, there are several things about constitutional carry, and I'll let you, you start off with that well, subject. You know, let's go back to Florida. We're starting to see some rumblings. You know, a lot of machismo out there right now, right? Because mm-hmm. Trump won. We won. Right. We're in great shape. We're seeing drop-offs in donations to a lot of organizations as right. a result of that. What does that have to do with constitutional care? And memberships. Well, it, memberships. It has a lot to do with that because people feel very emboldened right now. I don't have to do so much. Trump's got my back. And while there's a lot of truth to that, we're now starting to see states' organizations. And I'll go to Florida Carry. I'm good friends with Sean Curran and FloridaCarry.org. When I lived in Florida... I had never thought, the thought of needing an organization called Florida Carry never crossed my mind when I was a resident. Now, I moved and relocated to Georgia back in 2005. We all know that Florida's permit in 1987 is widely credited for being the model that the rest of the nation used. That's why what happens in Florida, we talk about it so frequently, because it tends to steamroll across the country in other states, as Stand Your Ground did. There's a rumblings in Florida now. There's a lot of people angry about Florida's permitting system because people are looking at it in this sense. Well, you know, we would have constitution. It was Florida's permitting that did away with constitutional carry in the state of Florida. And technically speaking, that's correct. However, it was done to protect concealed carry, which wasn't an option at the time, and that was a good thing for the country. And, of course, subsequently, concealed carry rolled across the country. We now have 50 states. And I say that loosely. You know, to ask ask my friends in Hawaii right. that I talk about all the time whether yeah. they can carry and get a permit. They, they haven't issued a permit yeah. since 2000. Right. And if you're not Chicago's the governor's not mistress, you're not getting a permit. <laughs> right. uh, Chicago, same thing. Illinois, we know that. New Jersey, a nightmare. So we've got a handful of about seven or eight states that we need to fix. By the way, national reciprocity will fix yes, all of will. those problems. So support those bills. As, make sure as written right now, it will fix all Correct. Of so we're seeing this, this, this rumbling about constitutional carry, and a lot of people are getting all riled up. Man, we need to be going for constitutional carry. That's true. I absolutely agree. I, as I said in the other segment, the Second Amendment is my, is my carry permit. But we are where we are today, and we have to be very realistic. Is it the right step to take for Georgia now when we, based on where we are in the whole of things, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not convinced that it is right now the, the, the right time to do that. Maybe next year will be the right time when we can get some cleanup done in right. the state of Georgia. And I just want people to, to, to kind of think about that. Yeah. That well, while, I, while we and, push for it, we've got to do it at the right time. Yeah, and I agree with that. The timing is everything. Uh, I agree that we need to do away with the permitting process to a degree, or at least make it optional. However, the reason that... Uh, 
that was given when uh, Georgia first started their permitting process and gave us a Georgia firearms license at that time was to circumvent the Brady Bill, which had just been passed and wanted a 10-day waiting period before you could buy your firearm. Do we have a waiting period here in Georgia? No, not if— Why don't we have a waiting period in Georgia? Because you can go down with a license and say, here, this We is couldn't do that check. previously. So, you know, these permits had made a lot of sense at the time. Now, we're looking at things through the benefit of hindsight. Sure, here. Sure. You know, high-definition high vision in the rearview mirror. We can see things much, much clearer than we can. 2020 hindsight. Of course. 2020 say. hindsight is, 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 again, I like to add to that. It's high-definition vision, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's foolish to look back and say, we, you should have, could have, would have. We, right. we can't say those things after the fact. We have a good permitting system. Look, when I moved to Florida— Georgia's gonna. I was faced with terrible decisions, so it's good good time to segue into the permit process. <clears throat> when you moved to Florida, when, you or moved when to I Georgia. moved to Georgia yeah. from Florida, okay. right. uh, I had carried in the state of Georgia, family here in Georgia for most of my life. I'd carried here in the state of Georgia for decades on my Florida permit. Right. When I moved here, I found out that my permit was no good, so I got into a tug of war with a lady at the DMV because I had to have a Georgia driver's license to get my Florida permit to apply for my mm-hmm. or for, for my Georgia permit. Excuse me. But the moment we switched those things, and she took that Florida license and handed me the Georgia, the the, the firearm on my belt became a crime, illegal instantly. Right. And I said to that woman, I'll never forget it at the DMV in Canton. Can can we just can I just keep this, please? She said, I'm sorry, you can. We right. tugged back and forth, and I finally let go of the moment I let go of that. My firearm on my hip that I had been carrying in Georgia for decades was a criminal offense. Right. And I got to thinking, why don't we have as many states do, a grace period here. And we now address that with uh, 290, yeah. 292. 290, 292, 292 addresses HB that after all these years. Right. We we actually addressed that uh, in HB 1060 last year, which got vetoed oh, by the governor. Oh, that governor deal yes. vetoed. Yeah, what a turncoat well, that clown turned so, out to be. Well, his, his reasoning was that I he— hope he's listening. He, his reasoning was that he uh, was promised by the legislators that they would not touch church again. And that bill allowed churches basically be private property and get the government out of it. And that's why he vetoed it. Governor Governor Deal supports the Second Amendment when it's politically expedient for him to do so. That's my opinion, and I'll state that here, and I hope he's listening. I I hope he's listening right now to my comments because the fact of the matter is – the sec, there's no there's no but in the Second Amendment, right. and I'm going to go right back to his veto last year of campus carry. All the governor had to state was, there are some things in this bill that I don't like. Bring it back to me next session. For that reason, I veto. Instead, he had to go ahead and give a litany of garbage that the left used. Bloomberg's organizations jumped all over that. I'm getting off track. I know that. I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> governor Deal. While he did sign, and I was at the signings, uh, you were yeah. there. I mean, you, you right. I, we were there. I applaud that, but there was no reason for him to veto those bills had he supported the Second Amendment. I believe it was political expedience for him, and I think he showed his true colors. <clears throat> in fact, I think that's a problem with constitutional carry in Georgia right now. So we could call all the, down all these rabbit holes. I'm sorry. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I just it angers me about the it, it angers me. It does. It really does. They should have never been vetoed to begin with. Well, that's true. But then on the other hand, a lot of these bills should have never been passed. That took away our rights to begin with. That was, you know, in the past. And unfortunately, as you've said, we cannot in any way, shape, or form go back and unchange what's happened. We have to live with the system that we have now. We have to live with the people that are in that system. Right. And we have to find a workaround, and that's uh, what we've been fairly successful at doing over the last uh, 
10 years well, or so. Well, ticking off legislators <clears throat> who we know are going to be reelected in their district is not the way to move this ball forward. No, it's not. Okay? <clears throat> that's not, uh, that's it, right. It's an unfortunate thing. Uh, yeah, yes, we'd like to be able to say, hey, guys, this is what needs to be done. But it doesn't work that way in the real world as much as we'd like to try. We, tr- we try to push that. Right. And get people elected in there, but there is still politics, unfortunately, because oh, yeah. we have to play it. And and going back to HB 2, uh, 292, the provision in that bill that you were referring to will give someone who moves here from Florida, Texas, any of the 31 states that we have reciprocity with, their license will be good for them to carry on 90 days after they acquire their Georgia driver's license. Giving them plenty them of time. Many of ta- plenty of time to right. go down, go through the steps, get their permit and then still continue to carry. And do you know why it's plenty of time? Because Georgia Carey sued every probate court that wasn't complying into compliance. And I was one of those people. In fact, uh, that's how my affiliation with Georgia Carey began. I was going to be used as a test case in Cherokee County because at the time the statute was 45 days. They were blatantly ignoring that. And even in Cherokee at 90 days was pretty close. So as a result of that, uh, I got it. I think think my permit showed up in about 85 days, so I was unable to become a case. But the fact of the matter is it worked out. uh, This bill also uh, knocks uh, 10 days off of that that waiting period time now because of the fact that the the background checks are instantaneous background checks now, and you don't. There's no need to wait 30 days to get a report from the uh, law enforcement. Unless you're a judge right that quick. has a desire to infringe on someone's rights and wants to stretch it as long as they can, which is what we saw in this state oh, prior yeah. to Georgia Kerry you're, getting you're involved exactly in right. fixing these you're issues. Exactly right. You know, I made that comment that I had some terrible decisions to face when I moved here from Florida because at that time, back in 05, Georgia's gun laws were decades behind Florida's. Florida's is, are now decades behind Georgia's, and that's an absolute direct result of this organization and everything we've been able to accomplish over that 10-year period. It is fascinating to me. There was no need for a FloridaCarry.org at that time, and right. now there is, and we can wave bye-bye because they're in the rearview mirror. Georgia gun, Georgia gun owners, Georgia uh, Second Amendment advocates need to, be, need to be very, very proud of what GeorgiaCarry.org has done, and I'm living proof of it. Yeah, we, we have been uh, very fortunate. And, and the funny thing that, that – that keeps striking me is how we are not just known here in the state. We're not just known in the local areas in the in the southeast. We're known all over the world. It's, I've been recognized. You've been you've been recognized at, so, at events that I've been at with you, and it's yeah. wonderful to be so a part of it. It's really neat. Uh, we're coming up on a break. Don't forget GeorgiaCarry.org. Join twenty dollars a year, the best twenty dollars a year that you will ever spend in your life. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour. Uh, Jerry Henry with uh, Mark Walters. Uh, having a little discussion here, friendly discussion as usual. Uh, Mark and I, as he has pointed out to me, and, and we've discussed several times, we, we have an awful lot of conversations off the radio, that would probably be very interesting to a lot of people if they yeah, were yeah, on they the radio. <laughs> it might get us in a little bit of trouble from time to time. But, oh, don't but, say that. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we do have a good time talking to each other about different things that are going on. We're going to try to just uh, parlay this part of the program into one of those things. Uh, some of the issues that we have, we we've discussed a little bit of national issues. We've discussed local issues. Uh, we uh, we discussed a little bit about the uh, the gun bills that we were talking about that just passed yesterday. 
which ones had a good chance of, of being signed. And quite frankly, I believe they all have a good chance of being signed. They're um, the people who have, uh, have sponsored the bill and written the bill have discussed throughout the, uh, the Capitol things that, that are, uh, that are of concern to some people. And I believe that they've, they've pretty much worked out a, a deal. Now, of course, or not necessarily a deal, but worked out a way to get them signed. They, um, one of the things that we don't know is what's going to happen to it when it gets into the Senate. Because mm-hmm. the Senate, as you know, when it goes through a subcommittee or a committee, they can make changes, they can make substitutes, et cetera. Well, so they don't tend to feel like they're doing happens. their jobs unless they change something. You know, they're not just going to rubber stamp anything. Politics is a dirty game, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like the the way you mentioned that we have conversation, a lot of conversation off the air, and we do. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. I learn a lot, believe me. And uh, I got to tell you. You know, I learned that I talk loud. See, I do learn a lot. I learned I talk loud on a cell phone, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, your, I was a conversation wife, with my wife made yeah, that very clear. Care of that. And the two of you were laughing at me as I was driving down the road. I had to yell at you. Fun stuff like that. But, you know, I often say some of the best radio is the radio that the listener never gets to hear. Right. It's it's the conversations in between the breaks like we're talking about mm-hmm. and, and those things that we want to bring we want to bring to the listeners, you know, um, you know, where you can carry, where you can't carry, some of the conversations we have. I ask you about certain bills. One of the things I thought was interesting about uh, the campus carry bill mm-hmm. this year was seeing the Georgia carry uh, email alert that went out with a correction in there that said that so, – so it made sure – limiting the number of daycares on college campuses. Right, right. So what you're telling me is, and I want people to be clear, because politics is a very dirty game, and those people who literally hate our rights will do anything to stand in our way and infringe on our rights. And Georgia That's Kerry right. and the legislators that wrote that bill were concerned enough about that that they wrote a protective measure in there to limit three daycares per university so that the university itself couldn't claim every building That's was a right. daycare, thereby right. wiping out the bill itself. The bill itself. Do we, I mean, is that how petulant and how petty these people can be well that's that's the way an awful lot of them can be we've seen that in many 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 situations that we have to uh, legislatively protect yeah, against that's, that that's why we have a three-prong approach we've always said we have a three-prong approach we educate which is kind of what we're doing right now we're telling people what's going on explaining a lot of the the idiosyncrasies etc we legislate which is what we're doing right now during the general assembly we have 40 days a year that we can uh, 40 legislative days a year that we can go in and try to get legislation passed and then we litigate and that's we've been very successful with all three of those prongs as a matter of fact as you pointed out the probate courts right uh, we we had um uh, at, at one time you couldn't carry in a in a city or county park uh because they um they were in violation of preemption but nobody did anything about it right. georgia carry stepped forth brought a lawsuit against the county to county and uh, a, the uh, first decision came back from the court that they were that Cayuga County was right. They claimed that the the bill was uh, was hard to understand and and hard to 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 enforce. And uh, we appealed this to the appeals court, the court of appeals, and they said basically, if you can't understand this, you don't need to be making any more court ordinances right. and that was knocked down at that time there were nine counties in and around atlanta that all had those uh codes we went to each one of them and said here's your chance you repeal it or we'll see you in court atlanta in fact said we'll see you in court and lost and lost you know big time very very important 
uh, these these topics are important because this is a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that a lot of people don't see. Those of us who care about our rights in the state that we live in don't see this stuff going on behind the scenes, which is why it's so important to have programs like this that get this information out there that litigation is not free. Right. Uh, the people who do it are very dedicated. Right. Okay. You're not drawing a salary, and I know how much time you spend on this. I know it personally how much time you spend on it. I know you have speaking engagements over the weekend. Okay. You have a family, uh, and those who those individuals who met at the back of the restaurant and formed mm-hmm. Georgia Carey uh, are very dedicated people, right. and we see that with grassroots organizations around the country. Everybody kind of fits into that same mold. Uh, Buckeye Firearms up in Ohio, Jim Irvine, who you mm-hmm. know, is one of the most dedicated people I see. The guy flies a commercial aircraft for a living, right. and when he's he's all over the world. And when he's home, in many t- cases, he's not home. He's doing this. And it's important that people understand really what goes into this. You know, I, had, I had John Monroe on the show sure. on uh, Daily Defense the other day reminding people in the national audience just how important these cases are. Right. And a lot, our of, rights. a lot of these cases you're talking about, a lot of our new members have no clue that we've done all this. No. I mean, no. it's all on our website. You can go in and look uh, and go through and read every paper that was ever presented, every, every filing uh, and every decision. We don't, we don't cut yeah. it out. We don't say, here's the synopsis. We say, here it is. Read it if you want to see it. And uh, we have – I would he- I would be very hesitant in trying to guess the number of lawsuits that we have filed on behalf of, of our members uh, because of the way the law was being enforced right. or not being enforced. Well, we'll go back and, to airport. You know, airport carries a great example right. of this. You know, uh, Fulton County and the airport authority fought us tooth and nail. Well, Atlanta. The city yeah, of Atlanta. The city Shirley, of Atlanta Shirley, exactly. Not Fulton County, but the city of Atlanta yeah, fought Shirley us Shirley. tooth and nail on this right. stuff, right? Right. And who prevailed? George Carey, eventually. Eventually. That's the key word, eventually. We have to go through a lot of steps to regain our rights. Right. And if we don't stay on top of this stuff, which is why membership to this organization right. is so gosh darn important, and we can't lay down right now. I've been a big advocate of this ever since Trump's election. I, I personally told people, look, we, we achieved a huge victory here in November. No doubt about it. Gun owners, I think, swayed that election. There's no question about it on a national level. And I said, look, you know, take a break, take a vacation, take a breather. It's been a long, hard-fought eight years, brother and sister. But at the same time, okay, party time's over. The first of the year is over. Guess what? These people won't relax. And if we back off and Georgia Carey were to go away, you'd go go right back to the same problems at the airport. You'd go right back to the same problem in the probate courts. No matter what the legislation we were successful in getting passed says, if we're not here to enforce it – it might not even be. It might and, as well not even be the, in existence. That's the real importance of membership right now. Is yeah, we're we're close to where we want to be. We've still got uh, a ways to go, but nothing like we had ten years ago. Right. And what people don't seem to understand is, in the future, our our fight is going to be keeping what we've got, not just uh, gaining more, but keeping. What we have. Well, let me, and that sometimes is a bigger argument or a bigger fight sure. than getting there because things are going to change. The dynamics are going to change. We, we will at some point in time become a, a blue state. And when we do, then guess what? There goes just about everything we fought for if we're not standing up there fighting tooth and nail. Well, you know, great point. But let's 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 go let's go even one step deeper. Let's dig just a little bit deeper. Let's go down the, the rabbit hole a little bit farther. When you let's let's take the last eight years, very difficult. I just said very difficult, right. hard fought eight years. Right. Why? Why was it hard fought? We have to analyze why that was. That's because we were knocked back on our heels 
for eight years. Mm-hmm. The left had the bully pulpit. That's correct. The Brady campaign and every town for gun safety liars and Bloomberg's money and the, the, the anti-gunners in the individual states every, they had the bully pulpit. They had the media pushing at us constantly, always rocking us back on our heels. Quite frankly, we were on defense. We have organizations like this at the state level, the National Rifle Association, the amazing Second Amendment Foundation, uh, you know, Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms. I'm proud to sit on that board as a board of director for mm-hmm. that organization. But we were always responding to things. Right. Now's the time we have the bully pulpit. Right. And it costs money to move our agenda forward. We can put ourselves in a position right now with a friendly Supreme Court. You know, Alan Gottlieb's got a mm-hmm. great organiza- or a great uh, initiative set up, Black Robes Matter, mm-hmm. that we're working on over at Second Amendment <laughs> Foundation, which is wonderful. Black Robes. Yeah. Because black robes like do that. matter. They do. And we're looking at two, possibly three more Supreme Court seats over the course of the, of the Trump administration. I want, what is that? Let's put that in perspective. Five four. The fact is, we shouldn't know the ideological split of a court. Period. But we right. do. That's where right. we are. Right. We know it's five four. Gorsuch is going to make it five four. Well, guess what happens if Ginsburg leaves? That's a liberal seat. Now right. that five four becomes six three. That's right. If anybody else retires over the course of the next six years after that, we've got a seven two court in our favor. So we're looking at my children being safe, your children and grandchildren mm-hmm. being safe. Right. Our lifetimes never having to fight this again, even if the state turns blue. Right. And that's what's so gosh darn important. So we need all the help we can get now. Now's the fun part. That's true. I agree with that. We fought the battle. Now let's, let's advance it. That's correct. And we cannot sit back on our heels. I will assure you of that. There's, there's no two ways. And you can see also a perfect example of, of how fast things can change happen in November because we could have been in another eight years with Hillary Clinton thing. I call her what's her face on my show. She's history. What's her face? Okay, we're we're coming up. We're coming up to another uh, commercial break here. We've got to get a little money for the show. And I want to remind you one more time, go to georgiacarry.org. Follow us on Twitter at georgiacarry. We will be right back. And now back to georgiacarry.org radio with georgiacarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to the last segment of georgiacarry.org's radio hour. Uh, Jerry Henry once again with Mark Walters. Also sitting on our board and helping us out this uh, morning is a georgiacarry.org member named Marshall Parker, and we like to thank Marshall for helping us as well. I have not learned how to do the board yet, so I need somebody to help me, and Marshall has done a very good job. Now, we're uh, what else do you want to talk about? Marshall's Mark? awesome, dude. He is. He's, He's a great cool dude. I love him. Well, his family, at least one side of his family is from Texas, so he's got to be a pretty good dude. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Texas, Georgia, and South Carolina, Marshall rules. Yes, that's true. Well, uh, okay, so where were we when we left? We were talking about uh, – uh, local things, what we'd had to do, a little bit of the history of Georgia Carey, which is one of the things that I've tried to do in the few programs that I've had. I'm going to try to continue that because, as I said, we've got a lot of new members that were not around when we started and are not really aware of everything that we've done. They know that we've, we've been successful, but 
the little idiosyncrasies they do not know. The well, little nuances, you know. The, 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 the state was a patchwork of laws oh, yes. at the time. Like yes. I said, you know, uh, I commented a couple times. Let me clarify what I meant. I said I had some terrible decisions to make when I moved here mm-hmm. because of those patchwork of laws. I'll give you some examples. I like to put this in real perspective. We're not just talking about theory and conjecture. We're talking about things that impact real people. Right. And when I moved here, I had some tough decisions I had to make. Here I had carried in this state for well over 20 years on a Florida permit and found myself unable to do so when I moved here, and I had a decision to make. Am I going to stop carrying my firearm and defending my family, or am I going to violate the law and carry a gun? Because I have a right to carry a gun. No man has the moral authority, to, and I use man interchangeably, man or woman, has the moral authority. No human being has the moral authority to tell me that I can't protect and defend myself with whatever tool I have. And it was patently absurd to me that Georgia said it was okay for me to carry a firearm at 11.05 a.m. and at 11.05.01 a.m., I wasn't able to carry my gun. Or at 11.06, that it was a, that I became a criminal. And I had a real problem with that. I won't tell you what decision I made. I'll leave that up in the air. I close every hour out with carry on, carry often, carry absolutely everywhere. Never leave your cave without your club. No yes. self-respecting caveman would have ever walked out of his cave without his club. <laughs> That's right. He would have probably felt very naked and alone without his kinda club. Like, kind of like I do. Right? That's no question about that. But the fact of the matter is we had public gathering in place right. at that time. Well, there was another thing that also uh, interfered with what you were doing. Nowadays, you can carry in your home, in your vehicle, right. or on your property, or at your place of business without a license. Back then, you had to have a license to have it in your car unless it was fully exposed. Exposed. It's sitting and on fully, the dashboard or on the seat for crying out loud. Fully exposed had to it meant that any police officer that approached you had to be able to see the whole firearm. If he just saw part of it, if you could see, if a cop could see it on one side of the car, but the other policeman couldn't see it, it was not fully exposed. So that. And at that time also, if you had a firearms license and you had a you left your gun under your seat, your wife took the car. She didn't have a, a firearms license. And for some reason, she gets the car searched. She was violating the law. That sounds like New Jersey. Yeah. Quite frankly, these yeah. are these are New Jersey tactics that were in place at the time. And. You know, obviously, you, you go on and have conversations with John Monroe, and he'll take you back 140 years to George's you know, right. Jim Crow laws and right. the racist roots of gun control. We've all talked about that right. for many, many years. It was Georgia Carey that corrected these problems. And you're right, the younger, the, the younger guys and gals might not know that, who at 21 or 22 or 23 or 24 may have just gotten a permit, that don't know. And I, as much as I hate to say this, you know, 10 years ago doesn't seem like a long time to somebody like me or you, but those guys were 11, 12 years old That's at correct. that time. Versus where we were in our 40s at that time. So, well, we, you know, we've been around to see these I changes. Think I, I think I was a little bit more than 40, 10 years ago. I wasn't we'll, going to we'll say anything. I wasn't going to say anything. You're the elder statesman <laughs> in the room today. One of the other things, though, was even our legislators here in Georgia at that time thought that we had good gun laws. Because nobody ever came up to them, pointed out exactly what was right. wrong and what other states were doing, and that you could do more things in California than you could do here in Georgia. And, you know, uh, a lot of people didn't realize that. That's always a fascinating point. Yeah. You could carry more places on a California permit in California. I spell that with mm-hmm. a K. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the P 
petri dish of liberal progressive right. garbage, the cesspool that California is, not just in gun laws. Come on, tell me what you think. I'm Mark, telling you what back. I think. <laughs> and versus what we have here, and that you're absolutely correct. And people need to understand these things, that right. it was this group. And look, we could, I, as I said, Phil Van Cleve was on the other day, Virginia Citizens Defense League. These organizations at state levels are just doing amazing work. Well, and it's all based on the dues and, and the membership base. You know, um, you back to some of the some of the laws in the state of Georgia. Uh, where to get, let's talk about signs briefly. No guns allowed. You know, I go to Arizona a lot, right. as you know. You've been out there in Arizona with me. Widely regarded as the friendliest gun state in the country. Well, you know, there's some parts of that I'll dispute. Every time I'm in Scottsdale, and I'll be out there in the next few weeks, there are no gun signs everywhere. everywhere. And those and gun signs have the force of law. To right. violate and walk past that sign in Arizona is a violation of the law. You're committing a crime. I can walk right past it if I have to Same way in, in Texas. this state. Same way in Texas, right, with the 30-06 Same signs. Same way in a whole bunch of other places. So people need to understand that we, have, we do have great gun laws here. We have a long way to go. The point being that was it not for Georgia Carey, and I am, again, living proof. I can point to these issues for, as one of the first 100 members of this organization and going, having been considered as a, text, as a test case here to the patchwork of these laws and the amazing things that we've done as a group. It's just been really fun to watch. Yeah. But I, I think the biggest thing we've done, if anybody asks me, besides HB60, was getting rid of the uh, – the uh, uh, the uh, what do you call them the uh, public gathering laws right, right. years ago was that HB three that was, that was uh, SB three SB three oh eight that <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was, just uh, wiped out so many problems where you could have officer discretion right. and you know was a carnival in a McDonald's parking lot a public gathering right. somebody would say well, it was somebody would say it wasn't we even had uh, had sheriffs Sheriff uh, Scott Berry from Oconee County was one of them who testified before uh, Senate committee that, hey, I'm a sheriff. I'm charged with with enforcing the public gathering, and I can't tell you what a public gathering is. Nobody and could. Nobody it wasn't could. defined. It w- and it was, it was left vague. The ambiguity in for that a purpose. was, yeah, of course, it was for a purpose, yeah. and that's exactly the point we think alike. That was done as an infringement, and it was done in such a way to give the state – the ultimate authority over the people that they could make a decision and, and leave it discretionary. Right. Is that right? That's, well, that's true. Uh, basically, though, when it started, it was uh, to keep black people from being armed because right. that was 140 years ago. That was the Jim Crow portion of it, and they didn't want black people who had been – or the freed slaves – to turn around and go after their, of course. Uh, now, now you're going back. Now you're going back to the actual origins of right. the public gathering law itself, and right. that was the racist roots of gun control. It's documented. Right. It's atrocious what happened, and and who corrected that? We finally got rid of that in uh, 2010. Yeah, it's incredible. That, I, years. Hard to believe after 140 yes. years it took an organization like this to do that and finally wipe it out. Gun control at its core is racist, and we could we don't have enough time to go into that, but simply look at Chicago. I'll leave it at that. Oh, yeah. Look at the carnage yep. Yep. in Chicago. If you want to see the racist roots of gun control, you can That's go correct. there. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but uh, I And I agree. We have been very, very successful. We have been very fortunate. A lot of things have come our way. Um, but we also took a systematic approach. One of the first things that we did, uh, for those who may not be familiar with us, our startup, one of the first things we did was we met with some local politicians who were known gun-friendly politicians. They gave us some advice. And the first thing they said was, 
you're not going to get it all back at one time. You didn't lose it at once, and you're not going to get it all back. As much as I would like to do it, it's a fight we got to all fight. Well, you know, I applaud and the that's absolute. That's what we did. Like you, and I know you do, we, we hold the same values when it comes to this. Yes, we. I, I applaud, in a sense, that absolutist, because I'm that way, too. You know, God darn it, we shouldn't have to be doing this. We shouldn't have to. It's wrong for me not to be able to carry this on, on this on this permit or, or to have lost my permit and lost my rights. And we all want it back now. But we have to understand the climate that we're in, and we have to be able to we, get it piece by piece. We have to be realists as well. We, exactly. have to, we, have to, we don't necessarily have to like the system that we're under right now, but we have to work through that system to either make a better system or to make any improvements that we have to make. Hey, look, this I don't like having to have a permit with. either, but we have a permit system, and that's where we're at. I agree with you, and that's that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, and we will continue to fight. As a matter of fact, uh, I was going to tell you one of the things. when uh, In 2010, when we didn't get that uh, campus carry passed originally, uh, Sandra Parrish was interviewing me afterwards, and, of course, disappointed. And she asked if I was disappointed. I said, sure. And she said, well, something like you lost. I said, no, we didn't lose. We ran out of time. Right. We'll be back next year. And that's our that's our stance. We will be back next year. And we have to be bigger if, and we have to be stronger. That's, that's why it's so important. Please that's join GeorgiaCarry.org. And we, we uh, will see to it that we're back next year and we'll be fighting the same battles if we have to. It's not a big uh, big problem either way. Well, uh, we can now advance the agenda. That And look, this is the fun part. We're in a position now to move our agenda forward and wipe out some of the garbage that we've that we've had to put up with. That's correct. So join us and help us do that. That's Critical. correct. And so we're coming up here to the close of another really good show. Let's keep I'm, going. I'm kind of surprised that, that I've been able to have such uh, good shows, basically because of my guests. And I uh, want to thank you very much, Mark, for being oh, here no and, problem. and being with us. It's really been an honor for me to, to sit over on this side of the mic and talk to you. And, it's different, isn't it? It's very different. <laughs> and uh, for those of you listening, we're uh, about to wrap up our last hour here at georgiacarry.org radio. Remember, you can go to georgiacarry.org uh, website, join, join at 20 bucks a year. You can follow us on Twitter at georgiacarry, and I'm at gotyourback64. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.